wicket, he sees the house door opening. He glimpses the black shape of a huge dog in the doorway. Charles covers his mouth with his hand to keep the words inside from spilling out. He turns and runs. There is so much confusion in the world that no one gives Charles a second glance. They push past him. They cuff him out of their way as if swatting a fly. He is of no interest to them. He is nothing. He is glad to be nothing. He wants to be less than nothing. He shrinks back into a doorway. He sees blood everywhere. In the gutters, on the faces and clothes of the men and women hurrying past him, daubed on the wall opposite. At the corner of the street, the crowd has surrounded a coach. They are pulling out the man and the woman inside and throwing out their possessions. A hat box falls open and the hat rolls out. A man stamps on it. The woman is crying, great, ragged sobs. The gentleman is quite silent. His eyes are closed. The baker's assistant, who is a burly fellow, half a head taller than everyone else, tugs at the woman's dress. He paws at the neck. The thin fabric rips. Giles slips from the doorway. He does not know where he is going, but his feet know the way. He has nothing with him except the shirt he was sleeping in, his breeches and the shoes on his feet. The sign of the golden pheasant hangs above the shop that sells poultry. Someone has draped a petticoat over it. Old Barbon, the porter of the house five doors down, is lying on the ground. He is pouring wine into his mouth, and the liquid runs over his cheeks. Barbon once gave him a plum so sweet and juicy that Marie said it came from the angels. Madame Pial, who keeps the wine shop in the next street, is dragging a sack along the road. She has lost her hat and her cap. Her grey hair flows in a greasy tide over her shoulders. The Rue de Richelieu is seething with people. Their faces are twisted out of shape. They are no longer human. They are ghouls in a nightmare. Charles pushes through them in the direction of the river. The street ends at the Rue Saint-Honoré. He means to turn left and cross the river at the Pont Royal, but the crowd is even denser here, clustering around the Tuileries like wasps round a saucer of jam. He will not be able to force his way through. Besides, lying on the road not three yards away from him is one of the king's Swiss guards. The man has no head, and he has lost his boots and breeches. His entrails coil out of his belly, gleaming in the torchlight, still twitching. Charles slows. He weaves eastwards towards the Ile du Palais. He crosses the river at the Pont Neuf. National guards are on both sides of the river, and also on the Ile du Palais itself. They are taking no notice of the people who stream north over the river towards the Tuileries. He slips among them, against the flow of the tide. He smells sweat and excitement and anger. There are fewer people on the Rive Gauche, but the noise is almost as bad. The sound of artillery and musket fire near the Tuileries. The screams and shouts, the clatter of wheels and hooves. On the Quai d'Orsay and the Quai Théatine, people are watching the battle on the other side of the river, as if it is a firework display. In the Rue Dauphine, his mind clears. Not much, but enough to realise where he is going. He has been here only once before, and then it was daylight and everything was normal. 
it takes him nearly an hour to find his way, casting to and fro in the near darkness, avoiding the crowds, avoiding the people who try to sweep him into their lives. At last, not far from the Café Coraza, he stumbles on the narrow mouth of the alley. It leads to a paved court. The only light comes from an oil lamp on a second-floor windowsill. The lamp casts a faint, dirty yellow fragrance. The court has trapped the sun's warmth during the day. It is even hotter than the street. For a moment, he listens. He hears nothing nearby except the scramble of rats, a sound grown so familiar he barely notices it. He finds the door with the help of his fingertips, not his eyes. The wood is old and scarred and as dry as a desert. Charles hammers on it until his knuckles bleed. He hammers on it.